Welcome to Live to Grind. My name is Brennan C. Adams, serial entrepreneur, inventor, TV creator, and speaker, passionate about helping others create something great and become unforgettable. Join me each week to discuss practical ways to help you increase your income and impact as an influencer in your industry. My goal is to help you take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Brennan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have Michael G. Dash. Michael G. Dash is an experienced entrepreneur. He's somebody that has seen a lot. You know, he's built up a company with many employees uh, doing millions of dollars in revenue. And, and during his journey of building this company up, he also overcame some addictions. He was a gambling addict. He overcame gambling and, and also just being an addict at being addicted to his work. And that's one thing all entrepreneurs do. I mean, we get addicted to our work. I'm addicted to my work. But you got to also, and I don't want to say have balance, but it's throwing in different things in there to add creativity at it, which is giving back to the community or maybe donating money or, or well, donating money. It's actually giving your time to help the actual community like I just did with the Boys and Girls Club and and also doing things that are just different, scheduling time with your friends and family. And, he, and you know, Michael really talks about this. He talks about how he does this in his life and what he's learned along the way. And he talks about his struggles, again, with gambling, what he learned from that, and how you can relate that in your business for as an entrepreneur because we're always chasing the high. He actually has a book coming out called Chasing the High which I highly suggest. I already got a sneak peek of it. It's an amazing book. And he talks about, just in this show, about his experience from chasing the high from going and, and working so much and focusing his time on that. And then also talking about just with gambling, how every single day when he woke up, he literally, the first thing he thought about was what he was going to gamble that day. And gambling literally everything he had away. And then once he overcame the gambling, he went to running. He was running marathons, and, and that was his addiction. And he always had this addiction in life. And I really believe the entrepreneurs, even myself, we have addictive personalities. We got to learn to control that and funnel that in the right direction. And Michael really shares how to overcome that and also talks about not to make decisions emotionally. He went through a five and a half year lawsuit, a huge lawsuit, and and spent a lot of money with going through a process of well breaking off a business relationship. And he talks about how he he made a lot of decisions with emotion and ego, which really affect him in the long run. And and for you, and I've had experience like this too. It, it'll be good insight for you to understand. Don't make decisions with emotion. Learn to step back, take a breath. And then come at it with a clear mind and not let our ego get involved. Because sometimes as entrepreneurs, as we have success, we get egotistic. We feel like we get cocky and we just feel like, okay, we did this. Uh, and and it's, it's not good to have because it will affect your success. And, and Michael even goes uh, through that and how he's done that. And he talks about everything he's doing today. He just climbed Kilimanjaro, which congrats to you, buddy, dude. It's amazing what he's done with that. Climbing that mountain. I saw just the whole process he did on video, climbing the mountain. And then also what he's doing today, giving back. And it really shows, like, he's experienced a lot. He's made a lot of money, lost a lot of money. And, and Michael shares what really makes you happy in life. And it's being fulfilled through giving back giving your time and helping others. This will be a refreshing show for you. And I think it'll open your eyes up to, to seeing why you do what you do. 
What's the purpose behind it? And what do you really want out of this lifetime? So let's jump right into it with Michael G. Dash. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Brennan Z. Adams, and on today's show, we have my buddy, Michael G. Dash a parallel HR, a serial entrepreneur, investor, author. This guy's a badass. He just climbed Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro mountain, right? You climbed the mountain? I climbed it, baby, 19,000 plus feet. I can only imagine what that experience is like. And I know I do want to kind of go later into that and what that was like I saw on your Instagram when you were on top. And I'm like, oh, man, I want that. But honestly, I don't think I want to climb that mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At some point in your life, it will pass. The opportunity will pass by you and you will grab onto it. It's got to be the right time for everybody. The right time. Okay. I'll, I'll think about that in the future. I I have a few friends that want to do it. They want to climb Mount Everest too, which I think is insane, but we'll see maybe in five years we'll touch base then. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be up for it. So Michael, I want to go back into just a journey for you building your company because you've built a, a well-established company. You're in Salt Lake City and you've, you've built this big company and, and just the process of how you built it and then also some of the obstacles along the way with building your company. And I just want to just kind of share the insight with the listeners. So start back where you even got started in your business, what you do, and the process of it. Sure. So, um, and thank you for having me on the show. Uh, real excited about, about being here. I just, you know, your energy is infectious. I love it. I love what you're doing with everything. I mean, uh, you know, at some point I know we're going to collaborate on some big Oh yes. Shit, okay. <laughs> Amen. Excuse the French if this is PG, <laughs> but you know, we just, it's not it. PG. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so I appreciate you having me on, but yeah. Um, I'm kind of a, I feel like a veteran now to this game. I've been doing it for a while now. Um, but um, I grew up back east in, in New Jersey and worked in New York City for over 10 years. And uh, when I came out of college, I was really into sports and everything. So I got a job doing some sports advertising for four years um, and uh, was very successful doing that. But then transitioned out of that into staffing, mainly because my best friend was running a staffing agency and we were sitting having lunch and he's like, Hey, Dash, you know, I think you'd be awesome uh, in this business. You know, you should come work for me. We'll kill it. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I went and I worked for another company for a year before I joined him because I didn't want to learn on his dime. I didn't want to weigh him down. I wanted to learn the industry on another company's dime. So, so that's what I did. Um, and then I transitioned and I um, worked with him for four years as business development director. Uh, at that time, he w- he got into a dispute with the owner of the company. He was the president. And um, they, over a house, he was selling to the owner's daughter. Some of these things you just can't make up, but it's, it's never business usually. It's always something personal that ends up blowing things up. And that's what happened there. So at that time, I had identified like a very big opportunity with E-Trade Financial, who was hiring 200 financial service reps in three and a half weeks out in Sandy, Utah. Now, I'm, you know, Jersey kid and working in New York City. But I happened to work with somebody who lived in Utah in the staffing business for that one year in New York 
when I worked for the other staffing company. So I called into partnering up. We put a bid together. I remember we worked all Sunday on this. The company I worked for didn't want it because it wasn't business in New York and New Jersey. That's all they wanted. Yeah. So I took it to her. We worked all Sunday, put a bid in on it. And all of a sudden, Monday at like 11 a.m., I get a call from the SVP of HR from E-Trade. And she's like, Michael, uh, we got your proposal. All right, we, we agree to it. Let's get going. And at that point, I was just like, holy shit. We got to fill 200 positions in three weeks. Wow. So, I, you know, I took my two-week vacation from the com- my, buddy, the, my buddy's company I was working. I went out to Utah. We put a team together, filled all 200 positions in three and a half weeks on budget. And from that, we got projects from E-Trade in Alpharetta, Georgia, Jersey City, and Tampa, Florida. And in one year, we filled over 800 positions just for E-Trade Financial. And I was doing that as my side hustle because I still had my, my job in New York City. So let me, let me get into this. So when you say fill positions, how do you actually fill those positions? How do you find the right talent for the job? Yeah. So, you know, there's tons of job boards out there. I'm sure you probably heard of career builder and monster. And obviously LinkedIn is huge now uh, in terms of the recruiting business. So we have licenses uh, and recruiters who are, you know, sourcing candidates on there all day, calling them, screening them. We put them through a screening process um, and then qualifying them for the jobs. And, and then we would go ahead and submit them over to the clients. Uh, a lot of times for E-Trade, we were on site. So we would actually bring the candidates in. We would do a little interview on site. Then we would hand them off to the hiring manager. And we were doing so much volume back then. I mean, it was just like, the, I mean, it was like uh, taking candy from a baby. Uh, it, was, it was amazing. Um, you know, th- those projects really don't exist these days. So, so you were obviously, you were killing it in your business. You were, you were doing pretty well, making a decent amount of money. What, what else was going on in your life? Because I know you've battled some obstacles in life beyond just the business side. While this is all happening, what else is going on in your life? Yeah, so I had a 20-year addiction to gambling, and it was pretty bad. It was uh, more than pretty bad. It was very bad. Like, I would wake up every single day thinking about, what I was going to gamble on that day, what games were on TV at night, doing research on these games um, as if I could get some competitive advantage by, you know, gathering as much information as I could on the game that was happening, you know, tracking point spreads. I mean, all the, like I did this at work while I was working. All I could think about is what am I going to gamble on that night? And we would gamble on everything. Like when we would go out to lunch, me and my buddy and other friends, we would play credit card roulette all the time where we throw our credit cards in and we just give them all to the waitress and tell the waitress or the waiter to charge one of the cards. And whichever one they charged, they charged. We would, we would, every time I got in a disagreement with somebody, the words that came out of my mouth and I was serious was how much you want to bet? I'm right. How much you want to bet? I used to say that phrase so, and it, it took me a good, since I stopped gambling, it took me a good year or two to stop saying that phrase. <laughs> I said it so much. We would play liars, poker. I mean, anything we could bet on, we would bet on. How much and, were you betting? Uh, we- man. Oh, thousands of dollars a week without question. Um, you know, I was pretty successful sales guy. So um, business development director, I, I made good money. I lost it all. I had not, I couldn't save a penny. I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. Um, 
And so, and it was just out of control. It was controlling my life. And then I would be at work playing party poker on my computer. So I'm on my computer playing party poker and the boss walks by and I'm minimizing the screen and stuff. And then here on the side, I'm researching these games that I want to bet on at that night. And then I'm also making sales calls. Multitasker. So, so what, that's insane. Uh, so what, what happened to you that made you say, okay, I don't want to gamble anymore. Like what was your transition that moment where you, you quit gambling? So it wasn't an actual thought that I was going to stop gambling. I never had that particular moment, but what I did have is um, experience with my brother who uh, we both gambled and you know, we were uh, heading up to Massachusetts uh, for Thanksgiving, which we would go every year. And this one year, he's like, I was putting on sports radio because obviously I needed all the information for the football games so I could bet on all the games while I was at Thanksgiving. Supposed to be with my family, but really tuned out to my family watching the games and betting. Um, I, I turned on sports radio and he wouldn't let me listen to it. And I was like, what do you mean? Uh, he's like, no, I'm not listening to sports radio anymore. I'm like, why? He's like, well, I went to GA and I'm, I'm just trying not to gamble and I don't want to listen to it. It's not good for me. And I ridiculed him and went back and forth with him. And I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? Blah, blah, blah. This is ridiculous. So you're not going to listen to sports radio for the rest of your life. You know, you're not going to watch sports anymore. I mean, give me a break. You're, you're being an idiot. And um, so he finally convinced me if we put music on the three and a half hour ride it was actually very soothing, very calming. I wasn't used to calm and soothing. I was just thinking all the time about what I was going to bet on and like manic thoughts all through my head. And um, after it, I was like, you know what? That wasn't so bad. Let me check out this GA. What the hell is this all about? It was that moment that got me curious enough to go to a GA meeting because in the back of my head, I knew I was out of control. I knew I wasn't happy. I was isolating myself from all my friends, from everybody, so I could go gamble and feed the addiction as much as possible. So the curiosity factor is what got me to go. When I went the first time, I looked around and I thought, what a bunch of degenerate losers. That's what I thought when there's a, you know, a mailman there, a gym teacher there, a fireman, uh, you know, a, a Wall Street trader, all different people from all walks of life. And I thought to myself, well, hey, I work in New York City. I put a suit on every day. Look at these losers. By the end of that meeting, though, I realized I had more in common with everybody in that room than the closest people in my life. And I never gambled again. Never gambled again. I went to meetings every week. I had a sponsor. I worked the program. I didn't believe in the program until a couple of years in. I was just going and not gambling, but I didn't really believe in it. I still thought it was a bunch of bullshit um, until I really was in a place where I could accept some of the teachings that they were putting out there. And then I really started um, digging into myself a little bit and, and really got control of, um, of, of kind of the addiction and the focus of, Hey, I don't need gambling in my life and I don't want it in my life, but it did take me a few years, um, to, uh, being in the program to get to that point. So what did you focus on? Because a lot of times when people transition from something and I think about like when I went through a breakup for a while and it was tough and the 
and withdrawal, my focus is on working out like and work. So for you, when you overcame gambling or you're overcoming it, you quit gambling, what did you focus your energy on to stay off the gambling thoughts? Because obviously you go from not gambling, uh, you were gambling all the time to not gambling. What did you start focusing on? Yeah, it's a great question because the biggest challenge for me back then and still to this day, and I'm 12 years clean, is what do I do with all the time that I spent focused on the disease and the addiction? You all of a sudden have all this time in your life. For me, I started running and I ran four marathons in five years and I was raising money for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society while I was doing that. I joined team and training. And so I had, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit. Uh, I ended up leaving that company with my buddy and followed the opportunity uh, off of E-Trade out to Salt Lake City, Utah, and open a business with my ex-business partner. And um, so while I did that, I had just been picked in the lottery to uh, run the New York City Marathon. So, and that was the first marathon I had ever run. And I was like, oh, crap, man. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I got to do this. And I uh, was introduced to team and training out here in Utah, um, and they train uh, people to run marathons while you're raising money for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. So it's kind of like a win-win. Um, and I joined that group and I really got involved with them and I got hooked. I mean, my addiction was transferred really from gambling to running. And, you know, you could say, hey, that's a much better addiction, but any addiction is, 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 not, is not good because it's not sustainable. And um, eventually, you know, you're gonna burn out. And that's what happened to me with the running. So, so let's talk about addiction because, um, so you're, you're a very, I mean, you're an entrepreneur. You're, you're literally born entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur and as entrepreneurs, we have addictive personalities. I, I really believe we do. And it's sometimes like we have to control that and even finding balance because at one time my balance was not good. I mean, I was working so much and didn't care about my love. Like I was just focused in on the, the work. So what would be your advice of trying to find that balance? Like you're always chasing that high. Like, you're, hey, let's get that next win. Let's get, for you when you were gambling, it was let's get the next win. Let's do the next gamble for the marathon. Let's get the next high of a run. And for me, like I've even realized, let's get that next accomplishment. Let's, the next win. How can, what would be your advice? Because you've, you've overcome a lot for those entrepreneurs who are chasing that high and are addicted what's your advice so they can kind of find somewhat of a balance and not just be so zoned into work? That's a great question. My first advice would be to read my book that's coming out, which is called Chasing the High. Um, <laughs> 100%. So, yeah. And, um, you know, that'll be out in uh, probably May. Um, and um, I would say, first of all, I personally don't believe in the word balance. I believe yeah. in the word fulfillment. Right. And I want to live, it's my goal to live a fulfilled life because balance these days, um, you know, work is so intertwined with life is that sometimes you are working while you're at home with, you know, you have to respond to an email or something on, on your phone or you have to, there's something you have to do, you know, after hours because um, the world is so connected online now that, you know, there's people in different time zones you might be working with, collaborating with and so forth. Like you and I, we're in different time zones right now, right? Um, so when people are like, you got to leave work in the office, right? You know, when you come home, just put your, put this down and put that down. Well, that's not always so practical for entrepreneurs. 
No. Right? Um, no, not at all. So sometimes you have to do things that you have to do. But if you live a fulfilled life, you don't have to worry so much about balance, right? So, I mean, my advice is that to have several interests that you are involved in and that you schedule. Like, I am a big proponent of you have to schedule fun in your calendar. Amen. Okay. You can't just expect fun is going to happen. No. You have to schedule it. And whether it's scheduling that, hey, I'm going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro or scheduling that, hey, I'm going to this event with these other entrepreneurs who I'm so connected with, we always have a good time together. Or whether it's, hey, I'm taking my fiance, in your case, I'm taking my wife on a helicopter ride because I bust my ass and I'm going to make sure that I enjoy it. Right. Otherwise, what is this all for? Or I'm going to go down to the boys and girls shelter like you did, um, uh, the boys and girls club or the homeless shelter like I do a lot here in Salt Lake. And I'm going to bring my team here in the office to help feed the homeless. And yeah, I'm going to pull them all off of the floor and they're not going to be working for half a day. But the lessons learned and, you know, the, the, the humbling experience that you have, it really gives you a perspective and they end up coming back better employees. And, and you know, so those four or five hours are, are so worth what you're going to get back in return. So, you know, having all those things in your life, to me, that's what fulfillment is. A little of everything and uh, enjoying, you know, what you are busting your ass for. It, it gives you a variety and I, I really believe that it also makes you perform better in your work. Because a lot of people are working so much. Again, I, I do. I love what I do. But also, you got to throw other things in there. Like you said, going and spending time with friends, networking, or maybe raising money. Like Samantha and I, we did a pizza party a week ago for – there was like 40 kids at the Boys and Girls Club. And giving them pizza, how happy they were. Like I was so fulfilled in that moment. That was worth everything. We, we ended up raising close to 40 grand – for the Boys and Girls Club. And that experience was worth so much. And you know what? We didn't make any money there. But you know what? I felt like I got more than getting paid $40,000 myself from that experience. I think people need to know, and I think you can really pound home with this because you've made a lot of money. You've lost a lot of money. You've had a lot of experience as an entrepreneur. You're very experienced entrepreneur. You invested in projects. And you know what really fulfills you. And it's doing good. It's giving back. And I'm even seeing this more. I feel so fulfilled when I give to somebody and help them in some way, not even giving them money. Sometimes it's just giving your time. It's a time that you give. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Right. You know, I, you can sit home and you can write a hundred dollar check to this charity and a hundred dollar check to that charity. But until you actually give up a, a Saturday and you go to the homeless shelter, you help stock the shelves, right? You help feed the homeless. You go out to a race you volunteer for that's raising money for cancer, right? You go help the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, whatever it is that you do. I mean, I just did that with Mount Kilimanjaro. We did it through the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. And, you know, um, and we raised, uh, you know, I raised, you know, about five grand. Um, but, um, but last year I was part of um, the man of the year, woman of the year competition for LLS. And that was a 10 week fundraising competition. And, you know, I raised $75,000 for that in 10 weeks with the help of my team. And that really um, was extremely 
challenging. Um, and really, I focused my entire life on that during that 10 weeks. I was obsessed with it because I'm an obsessive person because I have an addictive personality. I can't raise just five grand. What a, I need to raise 75 grand in <laughs> 10 weeks and just like grind myself to do it because that's just what I do, uh, uh, I guess. Um, but, um, but that experience and seeing the kids and where the money's going to, um, it, it, it's just, it, it's humbling. Right. And it's like, that's what matters to me. Yeah. I raised a bunch of money, but my time, right. It, the time is the most valuable thing because you can't get back time. There's one thing in life you can't get back. It's time. You can lose money. You can make money. Okay. But time you can't give back. And I've learned that through very valuable lessons, uh, specifically the five and a half year lawsuit that I've been going through with my ex-business partner, which is hopefully coming to an end now. But I learned the decisions that I made throughout that process, the poor emotional decisions that I made, the uh, decisions I made out of uh, um, just because I wasn't a strong leader at the time. And, uh, you know, I was just driving. It was just pure emotion, right? It was like the uh, that ended up exacerbating the situation, not making it better, and led to, you know, having all this time where I've been dealing with a lawsuit while trying to run a company, while trying to give back and, and, and raise money and everything. And it wasn't until the last year and a half where I learned uh, uh, the study of flow and living in your highest intuition and following that. Um, and if it's not a hell yes in your life, then it should be an F no in anything that you're doing. And it wasn't until I adopted that principle about a year and a half ago that my life completely shifted. You know, I really, I want to touch on this topic because I know you, you went through a lawsuit that I pray that people never have to go through it. I know you, you too, too. Oh yeah. And as leaders, and I've, I've learned so much from you, Michael, because I mean, working together and, and seeing what you went through, I've learned to, now because I've had in the past eight months, some interesting obstacles and I didn't let emotion get involved because when you, you want to in the moment, like you want to be right. You want to be right. You want to be the person's like, okay, I want to show them and I'll prove them wrong or whatever. But then sometimes if you try to do that, you're just going to extend it and it's going to make it worse. So I would like you to share from your experience to entrepreneurs, talk to them about not doing things with emotion because if you make decisions with emotion, you could end your company. You could, you're going to give more pain in the future and you're not going to be happy in the long run with it. I mean, it's so true, especially for me. I mean, that really hits home because when you're in the moment making these decisions, you don't realize that they're emotional, right? You don't realize that they are driven from your ego. And your ego is what gets in the way. And I didn't either because, you know, most of my life I lived as an arrogant, egotistical asshole. <laughs> right? I, when, when I really look at it, yeah, I did good things. I gave back. But to the people, and, you know, I impacted other, other people's lives. So of good stuff that I did. But from a day-to-day -day perspective, my employ the employees around me, right, my friends around me, my family around me, when they would ask me simple questions, I would have like this negative reaction because I was so tense about everything, right? Like, how's work going? I'm like, well, uh, you know, come on, can we talk about something besides work, right? <laughs> you know, I just like my parents all the time. How's work going? I'm like, I just wouldn't want to talk about it because I was just like so angry at everything. 
right? And driven at the same time and intense. And, you know, there's a, uh, there's a fine line between being passionate and intense and being angry. And a lot of people confuse the two, right? And I, like a lot of times I'll be like, look, I'm not angry. I'm just passionate. I want to get this shit done. But from an emotional standpoint, I had a lot of emotional reactions to my ex-business partner. The reason that we broke apart, we built the company up five years together. We're doing great. And then our interests just, you know, she wanted to work less and I was working more. And, you know, we just started butting heads. And so I ended up buying her out. And then we had that, I believe she violated and lawyers are involved. And um, I'm, all the decisions I'm making were strictly emotional then. They were emotional. I was like, oh, no, she's going to screw me. No, hell no. I'm not letting anybody screw me. You know, I've been busting my ass. I paid her all this money and blah, 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 blah. So I'd fire back. And it would go to the point where I was battling with my lawyers, like screaming at my lawyers. My lawyers and I are butting heads like this. Now, this is the firm that's supposed to be representing me. And now, so now I have all this emotion involved in all the decisions I make about her. And now I have all this emotion involved with the lawyers every time I talk to them. Like I would have a special folder for the emails my lawyers would be sending. And I would make sure I looked at the folder and I was calm before I opened up an email from them. Right? Because I knew it would emote a negative reaction within me. So I would like try to calm down, but it would fire me up immediately. And then I would walk out of that office and try to work with my employees. So I was not a good boss. I was not a good leader. I, the one thing I always did is work my ass off. But in terms of running the organization, um, I don't think I've been a good leader until the last year, to, to, until the last two years. Um, really a true leader, you know, but, that can lead others and inspire. So I want you to give insight because I know like all entrepreneurs out there, if they have not experienced a – let's say argument with a business partner uh, or some kind of like buying out or anything yet, they're more than likely going to experience something in the future. What would be your best advice for them when that happens to how to deal with it? To, to make sure that you don't immediately react in conversations, that you process what's being said to you, that you take a step back, and then respond to whatever dialogue you're having. That if, it's, if your emotions start you know, trickling up on you, that you just call time out for yourself, right? And what I do now, and I don't have to do this a lot because I've, I've trained myself. And look, everybody can get better. I can get a lot better even uh, than what I've done, but I've come a long way, but I've trained myself to not, to when I feel like I'm getting emotional, I'm getting angry about something, I'm getting upset. I'm like, hey, I'll be back in 15 minutes. I walk to uh, another office within my office, close the door, and I'll meditate for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. It just brings my energy level, excitement level from here down to here. And then I realize, okay, this is not a big deal. It's a business decision. It's a challenge, okay? Maybe I got an outcome that I wasn't expecting. It wasn't the outcome I wanted because I want to win. We're entrepreneurs. We want to win at everything we do. Right. Yeah. Right. But let me calm down a second and see what the best way is to approach this. And by just going in and, and, and taking that down a notch 
and then meditating for 10 minutes. I have this app, Simple Habit. It's great. It has curated meditations for any situation you're in. Then I'm able to come out and really handle that situation with the employee, with the client, with whoever, much, much better on an even keel and from a business standpoint and not an emotional standpoint. Take so so that back. would be my advice. Take a step back and five, four, three, two, one. There's a book on that. Like just take a step back, uh, take a breath and then come at it with a angry, not an angry emotional state. You know, and it, I learned, like, I learned so much from you because for me, I, I think about that and I think about all the headache you went through and I thought, you know what, what should I learn from that? It's don't get angry. Don't let my ego get involved, which I've had before and, and just make a, a good decision when I'm not emotional about something. And you have that one, like it's sometimes you're about to write that email and you're like, ah, I better not send that email. Or that message, ah, I better delete that. I'll wait until tomorrow. Sleep on it. Sometimes you got to sleep on it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 100%. Well, yeah, it's funny because one of the things that I will do, like if I ever feel that or something, I write the email I would have wrote and I send it to myself. That's good. And then I read it and I'm like, oh, thank God I didn't send that. <laughs> thank God I didn't send that because that would not be received well. And I always try to put myself in the person's shoes that I'm sending the email to and say, how are they going to receive this message before I send it? I have the ability to do that now, but young, when I was young in my career, I'm still young, but when I was younger in my career, I didn't have that ability. I didn't have that foresight. I didn't think about it. I was just, it was all about me, me, me. And what me, me, me spells is E-G-O. And that's what it's about, getting control of that. Because the bigger ego you have, the less people are going to like you. It's really true. Like you're not going to connect on the level that you want to connect because you're covering something up most of the time and you're hiding something most of the time. And it's some vulnerability that you're not comfortable talking about. And that, that's how it was for me, whether it was gambling, whether it was my lawsuit, whether it was my emotional, you know, uh, outbursts or whatever you want to call them, um, whatever it was, it was always kind of masking that. <laughs> It's, it's being more open, and, and I, I really agree with all that, and I think it's something people should take away from this show, is while you're in your business and doing whatever you're doing, chasing your own high, you need to sometimes learn to meditate. You need to take a step back, take a, a breath, and not let your ego get involved because as you have success, sometimes people want to, obviously, the ego might kick in a little bit, and it's like, oh, like I've made a lot of money fuck you. Like, this is what I've done. Look at me. But that doesn't, that doesn't really help you. It, it, it hurts you. And then people want to stray away. So I want, before we go here, Michael, I want you to share because you, you've overcome a lot. You've had many obstacles. What would be your best advice for an entrepreneur getting started in business or looking to grow their business? What's your best advice as an experienced entrepreneur as yourself to them? to have success in life and not just in making money or building their business, but just to be fulfilled. Um, so it's a great question because I feel like there's a lot of entrepreneurs who don't have a identity. So their identity is their company and yeah. that is not like sustainable long-term. 
Okay. Like people would ask, so what do you do? Like, yeah, um, you know, I run Parallel HR. We're a technology staffing company. Actually, I don't think I said that until right now. And we've been talking for like 45 minutes, yeah. right? Because that is not what defines me now, right? And, and I think that's the biggest thing, right? So, I mean, my, my, my initial advice is for any entrepreneur starting off, success is not easy. Okay, you have to work your ass off. You have to grind, especially when you're building things. And, you know, and Brandon did not pay me to say that, you know, but you have to grind, right? <laughs> Live the grind, baby. <laughs> um, you know, there's a time and place for everything, right? Grind working seven days a week, 12 hours a day. That is not sustainable. You need to have interests in your life. And for me, at least, I'm much better when I schedule things out, when I have things planned for myself, than when I just try to figure them out on the go and, and, and stuff like that. So I make sure that, hey, I'm going to the gym at least four times a week, right? Because that's a good outlet for me. Hey, I'm meditating at least two to three times a week, because that, that's also a good outlet for me. Right. And then I'm going to listen to positive podcasts that, you know, that talk about affirmations or just talk about some positive things because and, and then I'm going to also surround myself with positive people. I know one of your favorite sayings. Go ahead. Say it, Brandon. I'm teeing it up for you. You are the average of the five people you hang out with, my friend. Boom. Look at that. That's a little New Jersey. Boom. Um, but, um, you know, it's so true. Right. So, you know, doing those things uh, are going to allow you to be a lot more fulfilled than going to the office every day and just focusing on your business and grinding and grinding and grinding. You know, you have to have these other things in your life for your own. You have to love yourself. You have to take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, then you're not going to be good for others. And then the last nugget is give back. OK, we are so freaking fortunate in the United States of America to grow up the way we've grown up. And even if you grew up, you know, uh, from a, from a poor uh, area and you had challenging times and now you've met success, you're still in an amazing, have an amazing opportunity because you've been given this opportunity here in America. Right. And I just came back from Africa. I was in India. I see how these nations, how it can be so tough to live a fulfilled life to, to even clean water, clean water, right? For instance, and other things like, you know, be fortunate and, and give back to others and humble yourself, right? Just go down and volunteer to the homeless shelter for three hours on the weekend, right? Or go raise some money for cancer research or something that is tied to you that maybe has affected a family member or a friend. Just do something good and it will come back to you, I promise. Amen. I know it will. And I, I, I also will say when you do good things, not only do you feel good, but you actually learn something like you learn from, if you're helping the homeless, you learn from the kids and the boys and girls club, you learn from the process and that might give you insight that could even help you make more money. So I love everything you're about, buddy. I, I appreciate you coming on the show today. When your book comes out, chasing the high, where can people find it? They'll be able to find it on my website, uh, which is michaelg-.com. Uh, on my Facebook and my Instagram, my Instagram is M-D-A-S-H-1. And I'm Michael Dash on, on Facebook and my LinkedIn also. I'll blow it up everywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, I also have a, uh, a series coming out called Fate, F-A-T-E, From Addict to Entrepreneur, 
where I interview a bunch of former addicts who are now running multi-million dollar companies. Uh, the first article should be coming out this week uh, for with Joe Polish, who runs the Genius Network, and then Mike Lindell after that, who is uh, uh, invented MyPillow.com, sold over 23 million pillows. He's a former crack addict. Um, what they've been able to do in terms of building these multi-million dollar organizations and hiring former addicts and helping support them and so forth is, is just amazing. So I look forward to spotlighting that uh, as well and uh, encourage everybody to just jump on my social media and, and follow me and we'll connect there. Yeah, for everybody listening, definitely check out Michael. I've learned a lot from him. He's got a great book. I got a sneak peek of everything he's doing. So check out everything he's doing at michaelg-.com. And as you all know, you know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. Wow, what a great show with Michael G. Dash. He is somebody that I just so much to take away. I've learned so much from his experiences. Personally, what I've learned is Again, not to let your emotions get involved. Learn to not have to be right all the time. And because when you get your emotions involved, you want to try to be right and prove somebody wrong and, and try to prove something to somebody. What happens is sometimes we, we, we do things that we shouldn't do and we, we hurt relationships and we cause headache in the future. Learn to just be wrong on it or not be wrong so much. It's just not having to be right. And I think a lot of things, again, entrepreneurs, you want to always be right. You can't always be right. And don't do things with emotion involved. Don't make decisions emotionally in your business. Check out his book. He goes through all this, his experiences. There's a lot for him to share. Like he could talk for hours about his experiences. Go check out his website, michaelgdash.com. Get his book, Chasing the High. Great book. I, you know, Again, I got a sneak peek to it. It shares just how he overcame gambling, how he overcame some obstacles, his lawsuit, and what really makes you happy in life. And, and these are some of the things that you should all think about in your life. Learn to take a break. Schedule in time with your loved ones. And, and do more things that are giving back to the community. Because at the end of the day, what's it all worth? If you make all this money, you build up this huge business, is it fulfilling you? If not, then why are you doing it? Do things that you love. That's all I got for the show. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, you all, go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brian C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone.